I've been watching wrestling for a long time now, Jim, and there's been times where I've watched guys, specific guys, and thought, hey, this guy should be a star. And then the crowd really gets behind them. And then out of nowhere, like you can tell the crowd's behind them. People are interested in what they're doing, but the management has no idea how to handle them. You must have seen a bunch of those guys as well, right? Uh and that guy in modern day wrestling is Nakamura in the WWE. Uh, How yeah. the fuck? Like that guy's got talent. He's got personality even without mic skills. Like, and that guy should have been a world champion like three times already in WWE. Like, how do you not get that guy over with the crowd being so into him? You know, if I look at his debut at NXT, from that very first point, he should have been on top. You know what I mean? Like, they should have yes. pushed him to the moon, right? And so I agree with you. I think he's a great example. You know, I think maybe now that the creative has undergone a change, maybe that'll change. But I, I'm not hopeful for what they do with him. But in that very same vein, there are a couple of guys, historically, that I wanted to talk about around the time of this match, and even mostly around the 90s, about guys who... Much like Goldberg, who you see in today's match, and uh, Ogawa, guys who the crowd loved, but nobody knew what to do with, or it took a long time for them to get over. And I think I'm going to go with like, in Japanese, there's this word like a Jimmy. It means like, you know, like a deep insider pick. Okay. So you might not even remember this fucking guy, but my first pick is in WCW, there was a cruiserweight who today would have been a fucking legend but he just kind of faded away within a couple of weeks, but he was like a huge deal for a couple of weeks. His name is Blitzkrieg. Do you remember I thought him? that I was going to say, are you going to say <laughs> Blitzkrieg? Yes. Like legitimately, I was going to say that. I don't want people listening going, oh, fuck you. You weren't going to say that. No, fuck you. I was. Um, yeah. Like he was, he was crazy talented. Like I always thought that dude was going to show up in ECW. Yeah, me too. I don't know where he went or what he did with his life, but he was way ahead of the game and he fits perfectly in today's wrestling environment. Nobody had the foresight to see what to do with him. And I don't know why he just faded away, but, and they didn't even bury him. He was just on and hot and then gone. Like they didn't bury him. He was just gone. And so I'm not sure what happened there. So Blitzkrieg's my first pick. My second pick, I'm going to stay with WCW for now. Norman Smiley, when he came out with the wiggle and <laughs> <laughs> he started getting over and then they didn't know what to do with him. And so, you know, he stuck in that second hour. We talked about it before. The first hour is Lucha. The second hour was the David Flair's and Eric Watts. So he stuck in the David Flair, Eric Watts hour, but he's getting <laughs> over. Like he's really getting over. And then they, they don't know what to do with him. So they put the hardcore title on him and they make him a crybaby and he cries every time he gets it. And that starts getting over, but they never elevated him. And I wondered why they didn't do anything with him, anything big with him. And I thought he was really, really, really over. What do you think about him? I think he was super over. And I think like what I refer to as he's in the size era, right? Yeah. Where, where like management only thinks people of size can be over. And that mm -hmm. was like, that winds up being their fatal mistake with Jericho, right? Like Jericho's <laughs> the most colossally over thing, even though he's in the cruiserweight division right. and they let him go to WWE and WWE just puts him in the main roster. 
Right, that was the third guy on my list. So you're exactly right. I the one, two, three, maybe we have them the same. Blitzkrieg, Smiley, and Jericho. Okay, then I'm going to pick a guy who was over with me, but with nobody else. Okay, when he came on, I would fucking lose my shit. I was going crazy. I loved his stuff. I think nobody in the world cared. I loved Lenny Lane. I thought Lenny Lane was good, but like he never really did and he was always in that hour right like another guy that's just in the hour and as far as a guy for me and i went with i went with bigger names on my list okay obviously but like Mm -hmm. how do you not do something with bigelow in the wwe yeah like was mm -hmm. anybody over more besides hogan as a face that's right you, you literally couldn't do anything with him yeah, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago in that uh, elimination match. He was outstanding, but they just, I don't know, they didn't book him right or they didn't they didn't consider, I don't know what happened there, but you're right, Bigelow's another great choice. Another great choice for a person who was over with the crowd, but they just didn't know what to do. Okay, since you mentioned Bigelow, let's move over to WWE. So maybe you disagree with me, but I think a guy who could have been or should have been at least a world champion once was John Morrison. What do you think? I think, see, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, Eileen was learning Spanish, my wife, and they and we decided to try to find some common ground of something to watch so she could learn Spanish because there was no fucking way I was watching telenovelas or telenuevas <laughs> or whatever. Like, I wasn't watching the soap operas. Right. So we started watching AAA Lucia, and, like, we watched it, like, every single day and Morrison's run as world champion at the top of that league is mm-hmm. amazing and his run in Lucia Underground yeah as the top guy mm-hmm. was amazing mm-hmm. and like they tried twice to work with Morrison and I don't know if he's hard to work with I don't know like I don't know because AW was going to bring him in and then they didn't like, oh. I don't know what his – he came in for one match and fought Keith Lee. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what his deal is, but that guy that guy is absolutely has the look and he has mic skills. I don't understand yeah. why he's not a top guy somewhere. Yeah, I agree. I So, to me, like, when I think about when he made his WWE debut, uh, there was another guy alongside him. I know you hate him, Dolph Ziggler, and I think he's I far, far better than Dolph Ziggler. Far better than Dolph Ziggler. And well, they pushed Dolph Ziggler to the choir there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then another guy in the WWE that the WWE really hesitated and waited for ages to push. And when they pushed him, it was too late. And you know, I fucking hate this guy, but he was over. He was so <laughs> fucking over. Is Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Like there's a lot of that ECW, like, I guess resentment, like, you bring Raven in too, and you put right. him in the hardcore division. And like that guy's gimmick is like perfect for that era. He has mm-hmm. incredible mic. Like you, you do jack squat with that guy. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I, I, I think there was this hesitancy of putting guys over whose gimmicks they did not create. And RVD, I think is that's a perfect fair. example. Yeah. Okay. And then the next guy on the list, and the last guy on my list is somebody that no matter where he goes, he got over. But it took extraordinarily long for him to get over here with the management, and that's Rey Mysterio. It took forever for him to get on top. He deserves it, and he was a well-known name, but for some reason, it took years and years before they recognized his talent. If Eddie Guerrero hadn't died, he would have been stuck at the bottom. 
Right. And and the thing is, too, even when they give – and I remember that title run. And I don't remember title runs for shit. Mm-hmm. I remember Ray's title run because he fucking lost on Raw every week. Like, even mm-hmm. with the belt, they had these non-title matches. And yeah. he constantly lost. Like, why are you putting the belt on him if mm-hmm. you're going to make him get pinned all the time? I think they thought of him like Mikey Whipwreck, but he wasn't Mikey Whipwreck, right? He was a hero. He wasn't like this guy who doesn't want to be the hero and who's a failure who just lucked into his spot. He He's different than Whipwreck. And so I don't know why they booked him that way. Terrible booking. Ter- terrible. Any others come to mind, Jim, about guys who are over, the crowd loved them, but management just wouldn't put them where they should this be. Is, to me, this is one of the most over guys in WWE that never won a world title. And that's Kurt Henning. Uh, like yeah. how, how do you not make Henning top guy? Like that gimmick was goofy as shit when it came out mm-hmm. and he owned it and made people love it. I loved it. And I loved it. And, and you only, and you only put the IC title on him. Like he, you could have made him Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning and did the thing where when they transition guys, they give him their regular name right. and still keep the nickname. Mm-hmm. He should have had the world title. Why yeah. is he not beating the Warrior? Why is Sergeant Slaughter beating the Warrior? Yeah, oh, we talked about that like, decision at length before. Like, I agree. What like, a disaster. Like he's, oh. he's, ama- he's amazing. He's, a, he's great on the mic. He has Heenan. He has everything to be the top guy. Hmm. And he might have been gone by the time the Warrior. I don't remember. But, like, why is he not top guy? Yeah, even if you think about, like, the Warriors run, we had other guys. Even if Henning is gone by that time, you had Rick Rude. You have other guys who can take over for, you know, instead of Slaughter. And so that was just bad booking in general. Agreed. Okay, so any others on the list? Um, Currently, and I think you're seeing a transition I think I think you're going to be super happy with Triple H because he's doing a lot of things that the way we that a wrestling fan would want to see booked. Mm-hmm. And I think one of those things that you're starting to see is Ricochet. Oh, that's and good. Ricochet's starting. You can see him slowly starting to climb back in into the league, and he like he's an amazing talent. And they've just completely wasted him. The whole entire time he's been there, Karrion Cross has also been making a big presence too, right? Yes, yeah, yeah and yeah. I think, and I think you're gonna, I think those guys. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of Dexter Loomis, mm-hmm. but like he's really good, and his like dead eye stare is really good. Like he's over just on a stare, ah, uh, right, and and like and like credit the Miz for getting him over because the. The, the Miz, for whatever people think of him, mm-hmm. that dude is fucking selfless. He's great. And he will put over anybody that needs to be put over. And he is a company guy. And I know he gets a lot of shit for that. Mm-hmm. But that dude helps make stars. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that these other guys, that you these ones you mentioned now, hopefully they'll get their right amount of time in the spotlight that they've deserved and they've been held down for too long. And hopefully it makes for a more interesting product. And that's... You know what? The timing couldn't be better because AEW is a fucking shit show backstage right now, right? Yeah, and they're and the guys are asking to leave. Like multiple guys are asking to be let go of their contracts. Like, mm-hmm. like it's like like Punk. <laughs> I read I read something that I thought was funny that I didn't realize. Um, the three times Punk has been world champion, he's done this where he where he blows up things internally in the company. He did it in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. He did it in WWE and now he did it in AEW. What's the purpose? Like what's he trying to achieve? Just control? I, I guess. I don't understand because like 
you're the top fucking guy. Like, it's not like you're being misused and you're bitching and you're having conflict. You're having conflict as they have you in the top spot. Like, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I've never been impressed with any of the words that I've ever heard him say in or outside of the ring. None of the things he's ever said to me have appealed to me. I've never thought he was stable. Yeah. The problem with Punk is he does what I call the ex-boyfriend move, where he has, where he comes in mm-hmm. and he says all the right things, and then people take him back, and then he just acts the exact same uh, shitty way. Yeah, that's a. I like that phrase. I'm going to use that. <laughs> 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 the ex-boyfriend move. Okay, so today in our match today, we have two guys who, out of nowhere, get way, way over. And then both companies that they work for have no idea what to do with these guys. So let's talk about them a little bit. First, we'll talk about Ogawa, Naoya Ogawa. He's an Olympic silver medalist, four-time judo world champion. And he's a big, big star in Japan. He goes into pride and he does what some people suggest are fake fights. Okay, so Pride is highly criticized for having fake fights. And some of those fake fights are Ogawa's fake fights. And if you want to see a great fake fight, watch him. And <laughs> him versus Stefan Leko is one of the fakest fights I've ever seen in my life. It's, <laughs> yeah, it it's really bad. Yeah, but So he becomes a star. And then Pride at that time decides they're going to get into the wrestling business. And they open Hustle. As one of my favorite leagues of all time. Oh my god! You know what? I I went down the like what's it called the like the deep what's it called the dark hole or down the cavern deep dive deep dive yeah <laughs> I did a deep dive and I came across a match at uh, Hustle featuring Frog Lesnar. Have you ever seen this guy? No. He, he's dressed like a frog but he's dyed his hair blonde and all his <laughs> mannerisms are like Brock Lesnar. Okay? Oh, but, I got I got look oh that up. Oh my god, Frog Lesnar is a fucking most hilarious thing I've ever seen. His theme music is Brock Lesnar's theme music. His mannerisms are everything, but when you hit him, it's like hitting a frog so he sells like a frog. <laughs> so they did that that was great. They did the the Monster Family series with Akebono being born out of an egg. Yep. Oh, that was a great like And the and the thing about it is too, mm-hmm. it has actually really good matches too, like na- named talent that you would know. Yeah. On top of all this insanity. Yeah. And they had the name guys doing stuff you'd never imagine. They had Kawada coming off of his all Japan run doing like break dancing in the middle of the ring. Like, you know, like they had stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's for anybody who doesn't watch Japanese wrestling, it's hard to imagine how ludicrous that sounds. But it might be the same as like Brock Lesnar breaking out in a rap. You know what I mean? Like it was like that. It's like, what what am I watching? It's a totally ridiculous. And uh, a lot of the stuff was very funny, very interesting. Their sense of humor was great. And so they put Ogawa on top. Okay, and Ogawa is working against Takada's monster heel army. And <laughs> every week he brings out new monster heels. We'll talk about one, a couple in this match. And he's like the star. They try to get him over. But They don't know what to do with him. He doesn't have any real natural enemies. His battle with Takada is like very, very scripted. It's kind of like a little bit 
silly. What do you think about this stuff with Ogawa and Ogawa in general? The problem with Ogawa is that he's not a wrestler, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's not a pro wrestler. So he's, this is that weird mix when they try to do like Randleman Mm -hmm. and, and those kind of guys and Bob Sapp, right? Like, where we're and new, and this is to me as a, somebody not in Japan, this is New Japan's fault. Right. New Japan decides to go this route and blur the lines instead of bringing these guys in and teaching them more wrestling and their finishers being based on their judo or mixed martial arts experience. They just can't wrestle. So now you have a situation where their fake shoot fight matches were that nobody wants to see. Agreed. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. And then at the same time as well, Pride is really like launching into the stratosphere, right? You've yes. got like the interest in Pride is so high. People don't care about wrestling anymore. There's no interest whatsoever. And I was here for all of that. And I can tell you the average Japanese person, it would be like walking down the streets of Buffalo and asking somebody, do you know Sakuraba? And they say, oh, yeah, I know Sakuraba. You know what I mean? Like, it was like that. It was not right. big here. And so there was no wrestler over like that at this time here. And they tried to create crossover talent with Ogawa and Hashimoto and a couple other guys. And so Ogawa, he, he could fight and he had a couple of fights. And then they had like Yoshida and uh, even Hashimoto did a, a shoot fight once he got destroyed. But like the guys did work, but there were no great shooters who they could make wrestlers and no great wrestlers who did well in shoot other than Sakuraba. And Sakuraba was not interested at this time to do any wrestling. And his wrestling matches sucked to begin with. They were awful. They still yeah. awful. They're still awful. I think, you know, you've got this weird situation where Ogawa is super famous. He's got Olympic legacy behind him. And he's got aura, but he can't work. He just can't. Fuck. They're trying. They're trying to build the Japanese Kurt Angle is what they're trying to do. Right. That's a good way to look at it. A great way. And, and they and, and you and you can't get there. Yeah, you can't get there because his in ring work is just not there. Just not there. And he's really big for a Japanese guy. So you've got to pair him up against foreign guys. And when you do that, he looks small because he's too skinny. And so it doesn't. Right. He doesn't look menacing. And so it was just weird, just very, very weird, very weird. If they had him just as a mouthpiece, maybe he would have gotten over the occasional, like, you know, shot from behind or something like that. But and in ring, he's just not good. Then on the other side, he would have served, he would have served, he would have served better. I didn't mean to cut you off. No problem. He would have served better on the heel side and just rolled low level good guys. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. He's a natural heel. Why you have him as a face? Yeah, he's a natural heel. (laughs) I have no idea. Okay. Then on the other side of this match, we've got Goldberg. And now Goldberg is a guy who came out of the power plant, looks great in terms of like how his body shape is. And the entrance was cool. And because he can't work, you've got him going over guys in like squash matches early, like 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Of course, he's going to get over. But then you don't know where to go with this. And like they're just totally confused about how to treat him the right way what do you think about what they did with him he's modern day hogan with no mic skills and i can't believe they got as much out of him Mm. as they did like he just he just his right like his entrance makes the crowd pop and then they're already in it's a very unique thing like nakamura had that in nxt Mm -hmm. and like there's 
Wyatt kind of had that. Bray oh, Wyatt in wonderful. WWE. Yeah. Like, like there's a few guys that get over, but then he he has like eight moves. Like at most. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I laughed because when I was looking at this video, one of the recommended videos was the 30 moves of Goldberg, and I went, bullshit. <laughs> I guess they're counting like re- running the ropes. <laughs> what the fuck? Arm dry, like, yeah. like arm bar headlock. I, like. I don't know. So yeah, so he's a guy he got over, he's way over, but he can't work also. And so on paper, right? Like when you think about this match, it's 94. This is Goldberg just He's still in WWF or WWE at that time. I'm not sure if it's switched over yet. He's in that run. And right after this, he goes to Raw and he works a Raw. So he's in the middle of his... I don't know how they let this happen. So he, he's in the middle of his WWF run. He's working Triple H. And Ogawa is on top, just finished having some matches at Pride. And this is the Hustle's first pay-per-view show. It's a big deal on paper. It looks like it's going to be something interesting. And when I saw it on paper... I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. And when I sent it to you, too, we had a list of matches. You're like, oh, I want to see that. And so, like, on paper, it sounds great, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, oh, it, you couldn't have booked this worse than what happened. So, so right, so right, right out of the gate, yeah. like, I have to talk about this because I didn't know this match was in hustle. Okay. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't look it up. So, right away, when Ogawa's hitting the ref, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is Japan. Like, this is a DQ. Like, what? what is going on? Okay, so there's a and I'm like, backstory. And I go, oh, they're, they're book. I'm like, oh, my God, they're booking it like an American match. So that referee is the pride referee. Okay. <laughs> that, so, okay. okay. So he's a pride referee, and he's known for calling things right down the line. And so when the match starts, the commentators go on about how like they build a story about how he's like going to be like fair and how he's impartial and then when he gets hit then he takes the first punch from Ogawa he does nothing then he sells the one from Goldberg and then while he's laying down on the ground the commentators are going hey it's obvious he can see what's going on look he's paying attention to the action but he's not getting up and so they started making a storyline of him not wanting to do the job like his job for Ogawa and he being against Ogawa. Like that was the kind of weird storyline that kind of came out of nowhere after Ogawa's first bitch slap in the so beginning. Weird. Yeah, so weird. Weird, really, really weird. Okay, so he's a, his name is Shimada, famous referee. So, okay, you're, you're right. That, that was weird. So he takes two shots to the face, and then he's out. Okay, then the only great thing in this match, I thought, were the two. STOs that Ogawa delivers to Goldberg, like it shows yes. how great his judo prowess is. Goldberg must outweigh him by like 80 pounds and he throws him around like a rag doll. <laughs> Holy shit. Great. And I love that. I love that STO. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's great as a, a finisher mm-hmm. because it looks legit. I think when you look, I think anybody that's never seen Ogawa. Mm-hmm that watches this match and knows Goldberg, when you see how easily, like even though it's staged, right. when you see how easily he can take him down, you're just like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, that was impressive. Okay, so the, those two are good. Then Goldberg hits a spear and the referee's still out and Goldberg goes for his kind of like a pseudo finish and then Ogawa gets out of it. Then he goes off the ropes 
And fucking out of nowhere, Giant Silva's here. <laughs> <laughs> right? Where the fuck did Giant Silva come from? I have no idea where the fuck. How? Why? If you asked me to book a match with Ogawa <laughs> and Goldberg, I would never fucking suggest to have outside interference from Giant Silva. <laughs> what the fuck? Who's I? I don't know where that came from. What do you think about that? That's dumb. Like, like it doesn't even. It doesn't even like. Is he part of the Monster Army? I guess is that the only way that this? Yeah, that's but like, right. he's like one of the least impressive people in the Monster Army, like because of his size. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think they just wanted to bring. It was a group of foreign, scary-looking people. So you had Randleman, you had uh, Silva, Goldberg, Mark Coleman was there. And then they're led by Takada, which makes no fucking sense at all. <laughs> but yeah, so this giant Silva gets involved in the action, trips up uh, Ogawa. Then after the trip up, he causes Ogawa to lose attention to focus. Goldberg takes over. And then he hits the jackhammer in a fucking careless, awful way. Lands on. He lands sideways, like not clean at all. Yeah, brutal. Absolutely brutal. And I think it's like, I'm surprised Ogawa didn't get hurt. And then from there, he goes to pick up the referee and the referee comes to life like it's nobody's business, full of energy, hard three and boom, it's over. Like, you know, <laughs> he's out of the ring and the uh, announcers are having a fit. The crowd is like, they're reacting like a pro wrestling crowd would react, but nothing makes any sense you know, the, <laughs> why the referee was knocked out for the whole match and only against Ogawa didn't make any sense. He doesn't join the Takada army after he's not a Which monster. Which would have ref, made sense. Right. He's not a monster ref in any way. Then Silva came out for no fucking reason. And then after Silva gets involved, then Ogawa goes to hit him back in one punch and Ogawa's basically dead. That's it. It's over. <laughs> then the referee comes to life out of nowhere. And after he comes to life, he just runs away and stands in a neutral corner after the pinfall. <laughs> like he goes outside the ring in a neutral corner, which makes absolutely no sense. It's just one shit show after another. This could be, of all the 50 matches I've reviewed for this podcast, this could be the most disappointing match I've ever reviewed. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Like... Like I and I, I'm sure I had seen it at some point, but I don't remember watching it. Mm. And it's it's just terrible. Like I'm I'm no fan of Goldberg. Me too. Yeah. Like I like he like he wrestles even today in spots, and he's just he's gonna hurt somebody really bad, and somebody's gonna like careers gonna end because of that guy if they don't stop having him wrestle because he's just so sloppy. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> he almost killed the Undertaker. Like yeah. he almost killed. I mean, like, I'm talking another guy. I'm not no, just talking Bret Hart. Not the guys he's and yet, already done, right? And, and this guy, and this guy, still continues to wrestle. Oh. Like the, and I, I was, I was hoping. I don't know. I was hoping that like Ogawa gets over because he's supposed to be the face, right? And like, when you're the face, you're supposed like they like. This is such weird booking, but like this is what they used to do in Memphis, right? Mm -hmm. They would bring people in for Lawler to fight, right? And then it, the whole buildup would be that Lawler would beat them and Hart would get disgusted mm -hmm. and he would bring another guy in for Lawler to fight. Right. But like 
you completely fuck that up when you do it this way. Yeah, and this is their first ever pay-per-views main event. You end with this schmoz shitty ending and nobody knows who's on whose side for what. Hashimoto comes down to the ring at the end. His mic skills fucking suck. So it's like, hey, hey, you, I'll get you. It was like, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's just brutal. And the, it's not clear why Hashimoto and Ogawa are together. Because if you remember in New Japan, they're coming off that huge fucking feud they have where Ogawa fucked him up for real in the ring. And so, for real. Yeah, for real. He really fucked him up. And so, I, like it's confusing. Why, why are they together? Well, what's the story? Why are they working together? And why is Takada against them? It it's convoluted at best. At best, it's convoluted. And so I didn't like the booking. I didn't like the story. I liked the way the promotion looked. I liked the potential it had. But whoever was in the booking committee, oh shame on you! Shame on you! Awful, awful. You either need to keep it completely comedy and then keep all of that nonsense out of the real matches. Mm-hmm. Or just do all comedy all the time and not try to do real matches. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. You, you need to either be DDT mm-hmm. or you or you need to have a clear separation at like the midway point of the card. I couldn't have said it better. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Six Man Podcast. You can tag in with a DM. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. <laughs> <laughs>